KXNO. Now, today's biggest stories from the BMW of Des Moines Sports Desk. This is an X's and O's update on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. And I'm Trent Condon. Craig Kimbrell set to make his 2019 debut. He'll pitch for the Iowa Cubs today. 205 first pitch on the road in Sacramento. Iowan Colin Ray will take the ball to start for the I-Cubs. Yesterday, another victory for the I-Cubs on the road as Trent Giambroni goes deep for the fourth straight game. Brian Hander comes set. In the pitch. That swung on. Drive to deep left field. If it's fair, it's gone. And it is a fair ball, a two-run homer for Giambroni. Strikes again. The NBA championship parade held in Toronto yesterday. Nick Nurse at the podium. One last thing. I think it was Bono who said the world needs more Canada. The world just got it. Congratulations! Yesterday in MLB, the Cardinals back home for the Marlins, and Dexter Fowler brought the lumber. And Fowler drives it out to deep right at the wall. Home run number eight of the season for Fowler as the Cardinals win 5-0. The call from Fox Sports Midwest. The Royals with the road win last night in Seattle. Jorge Soler goes deep for the 19th time in the 6-4 win. Soler. Hits that well to right center field. It is gone. Jorge Soler with two outs. Goes to the opposite field against Anthony Bass. And the Royals have regained the lead in the eighth. The call from Fox Sports Kansas City. CIML baseball scoreboard from last night. Ankeny Centennial sweeps Ankeny 4-0 in 5-0. Des Moines Easton and Tumwa split a doubleheader. Dowling Catholic and Urbandale with the split. Maroons take game 1-13-4. Urbandale bounces back for the 11-3 win. Johnston shuts out Ames for two wins, 10-0 and 7-0. And in a top 10 matchup, Waukee takes game 1-6-2 over Southeast Polk. The Rams bounce back for the 6-0 victory and the split. Stay up to date at KXNO.com and all day long right here on 1460 KXNO. Live from the Wild Rose Casino and Resort Jefferson Studios, you'd rather be here. This is 1460 KXNO. Hawkeyes, Cyclones, Panthers, and Bulldogs. Yeah, we got that covered. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. With you until noon, then Murph and Andy come on in here at uh, 2 o'clock, followed up by the Fanatics. You see the newspapers that Andy brought in? I'm guessing it's Andy, right? I did not, know. Didn't make it into the, uh, the in, main studio today. I am so jealous. Look at this one. Champs. Yes, beautiful. St. Louis Post-Dispatch. Uh-huh. Tarasenko on the front page. And then the entire paper from uh, Thursday, the day after. We did it. Oh, beautiful. See, I'm a... One of my weird collections is road games that I've been to. Collecting the newspaper the next day. A lot of times it was... Just like a meaningless game? No, no, no. It'd have to be a big victory. And pretty much all of them, because I haven't been to a whole lot of road games for the Bears or the Twins Mm -hmm. or things like that. Pretty much all Hawkeyes. But one of my favorites is the newspaper 2002 from the Ann Arbor newspaper. After Iowa beat them 34-4. 34-9. 
doesn't get any worse than that. It was a quote, is that what it said? And it is kind of the open spread <laughs> nice. section of the newspaper. Yeah. So got a bunch of newspapers in my man cave, all laminated and hanging up. My wife says I need to get frames for all of those. Uh, that's a project that I'll get to at some point, hopefully in my life. But yeah, I got those uh, hanging up on the walls. Just different games that I've been to and a different kind of perspective of those big wins. Interesting. I, I didn't know that about you. Um, I don't have anything like that. My favorite, I was going to take a picture of it and tweet it the other day. I've got a couple of old frame now churchill downs programs mm-hmm. um the, my favorite one is this is meaningless day but it's from may the 25th 1919 1909 1909 may 25th 1909 i mean just think wow. about that right so long ago anyways well that's good maybe we'll save that for another day i'm yeah. sure we could dig up some collections more gems it's at, at some point um you know it's Right now, speaking of I'm trying to find a segue to, to this, I, I came stumbled across this last night. Um, it's uh, Cubs, White Sox again. They're going to collide tonight at Wrigley Field, weather permitting. Boy, I hope they can get these next two in. But anyways, the free agent list of the Cubs after the 2022 season. Oh, you're looking way down the line. When I, and I saw this in a story somewhere, um, and I don't know what it was about, but the thing that stuck with me, how about this for Cubs? They're all going to become uh, hit the market at the same time. Rizzo, mm-hmm. Javier, hey, Bryant, yeah, and Schwarber. Well, of those, you four, can't I, sign them all. I think the easiest decision to cut bait would be the fourth one. Well, that hang, I, and I agree with you. That's the easy answer. But you know how it is, and and they don't have a hard cap here. But in sports, sometimes you have to make those difficult decisions, and mm-hmm. Schwarber's not going to command anywhere near the money that the first three do. Sure, that's a good point. So does Schwarber stay at the expense of one of the others? And if so, I mean, let, let's throw Schwarber, let's say he stays, but now you have to get rid of one of the other three. Rizzo Bryant or Javier Baez? Good luck. I think that decision, you know, we've we've talked a little bit in the past week about Defensively, Chris Bryant, not quite in the same level. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it was maybe Cappy thought that he was probably destined for left field. Yep. That was going to be the ultimate and destination. And by the way, he, he had his opportunity in left field the other night and uh, completely blew a throw, uh, throw yeah. at the plate. I mean, my God, he caught the ball was in his glove in shallow left field mm-hmm. before the runner had even rounded third base, and he was safe on a bad throw. That's a play that you need to Right. And, and I know, you I mean, Chris Bryant does a lot of really good things, mm-hmm. and I'm nitpicking here, but to your point about the defensive Eh, not struggles, but um, you know that is maybe not his strong suit. Um, there's an example of it. You can fill in outfielders. You can find outfielders. And he's a Scott Boris client. Oof. I think it's Rizzo. You think Rizzo's the odd man out? No, Rizzo's the guy that stays. I think Bryant. Well, you keep two. So, Bryant, you're going to keep Javier Baez. Yeah, be- because of what he does as a defender, mm-hmm. coupled with what he's done, though. That heel injury... Javi has not looked close no, to the same guy. That's true. It's that's very true. Debil- to the here and now, but mm-hmm. we're looking up the road. Still, a shortstop, even as he's a second baseman, maybe later in his career, I think defensively coupled with what he can do with the bat, Javi would be number one on that list. Again, the salaries are going to matter in this conversation, and Rizzo continues to be the face of that organization. Mm-hmm. I think he is, too. I but think he is. Mark Britt Grace shouldn't have ended his career in Arizona. No, no that's for sure. He should have 
retired as a Cub. Yeah, and I, I see. Well, he saw a lot Rizzo. of bad baseball in his years, didn't he? he That's did. too bad because he was he was the face of that franchise. Sean Dunstan, of course, Sammy was for a long time before he fell out of favor. But I think Rizzo is that guy. Mm-hmm. So I'm Rizzo. But Trent, we talked about the Vikings in the last segment. The the, the conundrum, the problem, sure. the questions, the decisions they're going to have to make. Cubs have it even, and ma- and you can multiply that. So, oh boy. I mean, and, and that's the thing. 2022, what kind of salaries are we estimating? Yeah. Now, we've seen the kind of pullback on free agency, mm-hmm. the amount of money that is spent. But those three, I don't think, are going to be guys that are hanging around, and it's March, and it's April, and they're still looking for that. I you can't don't... see that. They're too good. I mean, the, the the stars got paid. Now, maybe not what they thought they were going to get paid, but Harper got his deal, right? Trout is re-signed. Um, the best guys all found an option. Rizzo will be 32 at that point. Mm. So this is his... Well, that factors into it. He's going to be 32 at that... That's after the, 21, after the 21 season. So yeah. 31. So I think I said 30, 22. After night after two thousand twenty one. He turns he'll turn thirty this year. Hmm. In August. Yeah. Well, your guy Buxton's on that list too, same year. So is Miguel Sano, same year. Get out the checkbook. For those two, yep. I would think. Those guys are younger too. That's mm-hmm. another portion here. Chris Bryant's twenty seven. Yeah. At that point he'll be nearing thirty. It just Baez would be what, twenty eight somewhere? And that's what made the free agents this year so different with Manny Machado mm-hmm. being eligible, coupled with Bryce Harper. Those guys were younger. young. Right. These guys aren't. Uh-huh. And an eight year eight year thirty per deal's not going to happen. Not I don't for think. Rizzo, not if he's thirty two, as good as he is. They don't have him in the roster thirty nine, forty years old with no DH and then although we've seen in baseball the rumor is that uh, they're going to go universal DH here in the next couple of years, maybe as soon as next year. So Schwarber has a little bit more value? True, he does, yes. Because of that. I mean how how many conversations we had just ship him, him to, to the American, American League. League. <laughs> yes. Get this guy out of here. That was a miss still by the Cubs. That was, when they had an opportunity yes. to sell high, they missed on that. Uh-huh. Because I'm kind of glad he does because I love the Schwarbomb. Sure, but when you're looking for value, looking at building uh-huh. your team, you can't keep them all. They you don't. Can't, you can't keep them all. They don't need Schwarber. Nobody's cheaper than the other three. Good point. You know, and if you look at the team I follow. We just had the we see. That's my we. I say when I say. I don't have any wees. I've got one wee, and I just used it on my team. My wee is the Jets. Yeah. They had to trade their their best defenseman yesterday because they can't afford all of these young guys. And this is the boat that the Cubs are going to be in. Unless you're willing to pay that tax. And maybe the really the Wrigley Field Sportsbook will help pay for that. Yeah. Boy, that's coming. <laughs> it I'm is. I'm telling you. It's, it's going to happen. Yes. And it's just so... I mean, the sports leagues, they were so against this... Boogeyman called sports wagering. Sure. <laughs> now they figured out how to get a little piece of it, and all of a sudden this boogeyman's not quite as scary. In fact, they're embracing boogeyman. Is that what you want to do at a game, though? I don't think I'm... Well, I've never been to the UK, but I have to imagine at uh, at uh, Wembley Stadium, Trent, those windows... <laughs> because here's what it is. It's ingrained in the Brits, yes. betting on yep. sport. And one day it will be here, too. Mm-hmm. 
might be a hundred years down the line. Yeah, it might but, not be that. But I get your point. It might it's going to be ingrained at some point that just sports wage. Why, well, of course, you're betting here. Yeah. You're having a punt. You go to the game and you, yeah, you grab a beer and you make your wager for the day. Right. That's what you do. But am I going to sit in a sports book if I'm at a game? I no, don't I don't so. think so either. But I think the sports book. Well, we'll we'll get Cappy tomorrow. We've got Cappy yes. tomorrow, and we'll pick his brain on how he sees this going. We have got to get a break. Uh, Chris Monter, Trent, and I are going to talk NBA draft next. It's uh, Thursday night, as you mentioned. Sneaks up. To, I'm going to miss it. I'm going to be at Dublin's in Chicago, belly up to the bar. You think they'll have it on? Oh, there's a pretty good chance. Where do the Bulls draft? Six or seven? Seven. Seven? I think they're perennial at seven. I think they're locked in there <laughs> yeah. year after year. Uh, so uh, we will talk NBA draft next, and then we're going to get Mitch Sherman in here from The Athletic. Trent and I till noon. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. Oh. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. It's 24-hour sports, morning, noon, and night, here on 1460 KXNO. Welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, College Basketball News, Chris Monter. You can follow him on Twitter, College BB News is where you can read Chris. Chris has helped us out over the decades as the draft draws near and uh, the college players make their way through the draft process to get to this point. And he's back with us. Chris Trent uh, Condon, Ken Miller, thanks for doing this for us one more time. Chris, how are you? Great to be back with you. How are you doing today? Guys? Doing well and appreciate you coming on. Well, at the, uh, let's go right to the top, I guess, first of all. There's going to be no surprise with Zion Williamson all of a sudden, you know, because there's been the talk, right? When the, when the lottery was held and New Orleans won the lottery, that uh, Zion wants no part of going to the Crescent City. But, I mean, I don't know what choice he has, right? Zion Williamson is going to be the first overall pick. Have you heard anything that he's not exactly enamored by going to New Orleans? Is there truth to that? I don't think so. I think, unfortunately, this year was the first year you've actually seen the players at the lottery. So I think it was kind of just a weird thing. You know, you don't really know where you're going. You've got a, you know, a one out of 14 chance of going any particular city. I know New York was mentioned, you know, as you know, having the best chance, one of the best chances, and they were really hoping to get him. But you know, going to buy a lottery ticket, you know, just really, it's not in your hands. It's somebody else's fate, uh, controlling where you go. But I think he's said the right things since then, him and his father, and I think he'll he'll you know be a player that not only I think will be a very good player, but obviously a very marketable player because uh, everybody knows who Zion Williamson. Even if you're just a casual college basketball fan, and I'm said this story before, but he's did something I didn't think he could ever really do, make Duke a likable team. Because most <laughs> people I know who aren't really big right. basketball fans hate Duke. You know, that's the team they want to see lose in the NCAA tournament. But this year, you know, people want to see Duke. Duke uh, was a more likable team, and a lot of that had to do with Zion Williamson. The great unknown, and there's a lot of people that have uh, connected with Zion now with the fourth pick for New Orleans, is Darius Garland, a guy that only played five games at Vanderbilt before an injury hit him. Six foot two point guard. Frankly, don't know a whole lot about him. Fill us in a little bit on Garland and why people are enamored with this guy 
as a potential top five pick? Well, he's got great quickness, a leader. He is supposed to be the big key for Vanderbilt, having a great year this year, Bryce Drew. But did a pretty good job there the year before. But unfortunately, Garland, like you said, got hurt really early in the season. They went 0-16 in SEC play, and Bryce Drew ended up getting fired. And now Jerry Stackhouse is the manager there. But uh, you're right. I think New Orleans will be the interesting pick because a lot of people think, you know, that Williamson's going to go one, John Morant out of uh, Murray Escape, probably two, and then R.J. Barrett at three. The question was New Orleans. You already have now Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, who you added for the Lakers, all young players. Now you're going to have Zion Williamson. You know, do you want that number four pick to get another young player, or do you want to maybe move that pick and, and maybe get a different, you know, get a another asset, another player, or something like that? So I think the fourth pick will be very important. But you're right, Garland makes a lot of sense there in that four to six range. But again, like you said, a player a lot of people aren't that familiar with because his you know college season was cut so short. Due to injury, you know, Chris, it uh, it seems to me uh, on the surface that there there's a lack of euros uh, in in this in this draft. I mean, there's always seemingly two or three or four that find their way. Clearly, a lot of guys, a lot of them in the second round, but there's usually a, you know more than a, more than a couple in the first round. This year, maybe only one a kid from France. I guess where I'm going is there is no Doncic in this year's draft by the looks of things from Europe, right? You're right. I mean, Luca probably will be the rookie of the year. They announced that. Uh, selection next Monday, and I think Doncic probably will be rookie of the year. You're right. This is a super strong foreign group. To be honest, the 2019 draft, uh, you know, unless things really change, I don't think we're going to look at this draft, you know, three, four years from now and say, geez, that 2019 draft was a great draft. It's got star potential, obviously, with Zion, but not a super deep draft. Very, very young draft, as we talk about all the time with all the one and done players. You know, probably six of the top 10 or 11. Are you refreshed? But you're right. Not a real strong foreign group, but maybe not as many foreign names. But you know that might not be the worst thing because there'll be names maybe more college basketball fans and NBA fans are a little bit more familiar with. Talking right now with Chris Monter. Chris, you're located up north in Minnesota. The T Wolves, and of course, our connection here with the Iowa Wolves. A lot of fans in the market. They pick at number eleven. What's your anticipation? What the Wolves are going to do? Well, obviously, they're a team that you know had high hopes. You know, going into last year, they made the playoffs for the first time in a long, long time. But then Jimmy Butler forced the trade. Um, then they had some inj- a lot of injuries last year with Teague and Robert Covington. Uh, you know, they got you know one of the best young players in the league in Carl Anthony Towns. The big question mark does Andrew Wiggins live up to that big contract? And that's the big question mark. His play really hasn't improved all that much. You know, where they're picking. You know, later in the lottery. You know, you're kind of throwing a you know a dart on the board whether or not you're going to get somebody who's going to be a big impact player and, you know as you probably well know it they haven't really ever been able to attack very many free agents you look at the Lakers they weren't a playoff team last year they should be better this upcoming year you know Dallas with Doncic and Porzingis of East healthy uh, you know better so uh, this is uh, I think a big offseason for the Timberwolves because uh, you know they need to get that excitement level back. With, with the team, so basically, I think you're just going to go for the best player available, you know, at 11, and, and see what they can do. But um, you know, big off season, I think, for the team in terms of excitement. So the Twins play so well, you know, the Timberwolves draft being just two days away. You're not really hearing a lot locally 
really about the Timberwolves at all with the NBA draft. Hmm. Grant Williams, the guy that uh, we saw in the tournament, um, and we've two two time right SEC Player of the Year. I guess the age is the knock against him. He's coming out after his junior season. He had the audacity to stay three years in college, and that's a knock against him uh, when it comes to draft time. But he's t- a, a kid to me. Um, that yeah, he's a little bit older, but I think you pass on him at your. Um, you know, you may not be, you may look back and say, boy, we shouldn't have done that. Even though, you know, he's, he's going to be in the teens. He's not, uh, not a, a lottery pick by all accounts, but he's one of those guys that could be better than his draft slot. Yeah. I mean, I've even seen him being mentioned maybe going in the second round, which you're right. Really? He, like Carson, another player I kind of like is Carson Edwards from Purdue, another yep. player a lot of, uh, Iowa fans obviously know from the Big Ten, but both of those players, like you said, managed to stick around for three years, so they're, a little bit older players, but you're right. I mean, Williams, like you said, not only a SEC player of the year this past year, but the year before. You think of all the great players he played in the SEC the last two years, but he was a key reason. Tennessee had that great, great season this past year. You know, the knock on him, he's a little bit of a tweeter, six seven, really doesn't play above the rim, but always seems to be around the ball. Extremely hard worker, does what you need. And again, I always think, like you said, uh, upperclassmen are always maybe a little short change. But I look at those two players, they play basically 115, 120 college games in the SEC and with Edwards at the Big Ten level. And they're probably more ready to step in than a lot of these players who maybe are going to need time, you know, playing for an Iowa, uh, Iowa Wild or a G League team. Uh, so you're right. I think those players uh, are going to be much more productive, at least initially. And again, I think the fact that they've been battle tested. Um, I think they're going to help a team, especially maybe a team later in that first round if full player goes in the late first round or, or could be second-round skills. So you're right. I think, unfortunately, everybody gets enamored by the freshman uh, players one and done. But sometimes, you know, we see, you know, Draymond Green, you know, go back and mm, way back. Wow. You know, a player like Carlos Boozer goes in the second round because they're a little bit older and are players that are very productive for a long time at the NBA. What's the deal? Trey Jones back for his sophomore year at Duke. Matthew Hurt from Rochester. He's making his way to Duke. What's up with the uh, connection? Why does everybody leave the state of Minnesota up there? Well, I think, unfortunately, uh, I always look at it like it seems like kids from outscape Minnesota want to play at Minnesota more than in-state, you know, metro area. Uh-huh. I think, you know, since you're around it so much, I think sometimes it hurts. And, you know, uh, unfortunately, the team hasn't been as successful as you'd like. They've had two injury issues in the past. You made the tournament last year, so I think that helps. But you're right. You look at, you know, that great recruiting class. In Minnesota a couple of years ago, you know, Brad Davidson and Nate Reavers went to uh, Wisconsin. You had Jericho Sims going down to uh, Texas. You know, they haven't been able to capitalize. They had the one good year with Mari Coffey, Amir Coffey, and then Michael Herp went here. and then, uh, But they haven't been able to capitalize on that. This is a, a big year, this upcoming year. They have Dawson Garcia, you know, Ben Carlson from, uh, from uh, Eastridge, you know, they need to be able to get those kids and losing a player like Amir Coffey. They also lose, you know, Jordan Murphy, who was the yeah. second leading all time rebounder in the big 10, uh, Dupree McBrayer, you know, Patino hasn't really been able to build on that. You know, the fact they got to the second round, you know, created some buzz, but, uh, again, uh, they need to keep the best players in state. And that's the thing. You know, you look at Wisconsin kids, they're used to want to play Wisconsin, Iowa kids, to be honest, want to play at Iowa, Iowa state, but it's, for some reason, that doesn't seem like the fact in Minnesota, unfortunately, if you, I think if you kept a lot of those good players in Minnesota, add other players, I think they could be a consistent top 20, 25 skate because uh, Minnesota, I always think, is under-recruited because, again, there's only one Division One school in the whole skate. You know, Iowa obviously has you know Drake, 
Northern Iowa, Iowa State, you know, even Wisconsin, 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 Green Bay, Milwaukee, Marquette. But Minnesota is the only Division One school. If you could keep a lot of those kids, but like you, like I said, I feel like a lot of, especially the Metro kids, you know, kind of want to leave. And Duke obviously capitalized on that. You know, with the Jones, obviously won the both play. I think Shasky and I think Matthew Hurt won to play at a national power. Won to play at a school that where he could play the national team, play in the tournament, be a one and done, and obviously that's why Kansas, Kentucky, and Duke were, you know, really his top schools. And I think Duke did a great job of recruiting him, and that's where he ended up. Well, that big name for this season up in Minnesota, the 2020 class, Jalen Suggs, and I, I know Hawkeye fans are salivating at the thought of him being able to play basketball and football. Jalen Suggs, a great quarterback, a great point guard, combo guard prospect. What do you think ultimately is going to be the decision for him? Is it football, basketball, or is he going to try to do both? I think he'll probably do basketball. I actually was writing up an interview I did with him uh, last night, late last night. So uh, it was a great time to ask that question. Really? I got a chance to see him recently. Uh, and a really good kid. He's won three state titles in basketball at the Class A, which is the third biggest. Next year they're moving up to 3A, uh, play against a little tougher competition. And he won his first state title as a quarterback. But I think, you know, uh, obviously football – He's gotten some more looks, and who knows? With the, you know, look at Kyler Murray. Everybody thought he was going to be a baseball player, but mm-hmm. he switches it up. Uh, but you know, he's a great basketball player. Played for Team USA the last couple summers. Uh, won gold medals in both of those events, and uh, obviously a lot of big time schools have recruited him now for both sports. But I think more than likely you'll see him be a basketball player. He's you know been a prodigy. I remember I think in seventh grade, Wisconsin Milwaukee offered him a scholarship, doing you know that probably. Not where he's going to end up, but they wanted to be the first school to offer him a scholarship. So, uh, a very talented kid, a really good kid off the court as well. I've really enjoyed my conversation with a really nice kid, and I think we'll be very successful in what sport, whatever sport he goes with. But I think basketball is more where I'll end up, but I think it's a little tougher decision than maybe I would have thought two years ago. You just kind of thought, oh, he's just playing football, he's going to play football. He likes to, you know, play football with his friends. He's a competitive kid, but he's turned into a very good. Uh, football player as well. Chris Monter, College Basketball News. Last thing for you. Uh, of the kids that uh, played here in the state of Iowa, it seems as though Taylor Horton Tucker is going to be the only one that gets drafted. And are you hearing that uh, the first round now appears to be unlikely for Horton Tucker, that he's now slipped into the second round? What are you hearing on the now former Cyclone Horton Tucker? Yeah, I think so. I, again, you know, teams you know, usually like to go big in the first round, so, you know, that sometimes will hurt some players. But, again, uh, there's a lot of great second-round picks and even undrafted players. You know, you go back a ways, but Ben Wallace was one of the best shot blockers and rebounders in the NBA history. He was a player who was never drafted. Brad Miller made the All-Star game, a, a Purdue guy, played Big Ten country. There's a lot of, you know, Wes Matthews from Marquette was never drafted, you know, a starting player in the NBA for a long time now. So, uh, you know, if I'm, if I'm a player, as much as you want to hear your name, that's something you've always worked for. If I'm not picking the top, say, 45 picks or the you know, top part of the first, the, the second round, I almost don't want to get picked because if you get picked by a team that has you know, 14, 15 guaranteed contracts, your odds of making that team aren't that good. I'd almost rather be a free agent than you can play in a summer league team or go to a, a training camp and work your way up there. But I definitely think he'll have a chance to play in the NBA. And, you know, whether it's the first round or second round, we'll see. We'll find out on Thursday, but definitely has a chance to play professionally for a long time. Great stuff, Chris Moncher. Thank you for doing this for us. Appreciate it. Great talking to you again, guys. Have a great day. Yeah, good to talk to you. Chris Monter, College Basketball News, College BB News on uh, Twitter. We need to do that a little bit more often during basketball season, too. Okay.
talking Big Ten with him. He's very tapped in, mm-hmm. and, and just the recruiting angles, too. I was going to ask him about Tyler Hero. I know he saw him a lot on the AU circuit. And he is really skyrocketing up draft boards. He's a fun player to yeah, watch. Yeah, he is. Uh, they get a lot of them there. Yes, they do. <laughs> Indeed. We'll take a time out. We'll uh, talk uh, to Mitch Sherman next. He's based in Omaha. We'll do the Huskers. We'll do the World Series, College World Series with Mitch Sherman. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. KXNO. KXNO in your pocket with iHeartRadio on your smartphone. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hi, right, welcome back. Miller and Con in Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Final segment of the program. Uh, looking forward to our conversation. Mitch Sherman, who uh, we had on a lot, Trent, when he was at ESPN. Of course, he's like many uh, journalists now, found their way to the athletic. He's going to be covering the athletic uh, for the Nebraska program for the athletic. And he joins us. Mitch, Trent, and Ken, good to reconnect with you. How's the athletic treating you, Mitch Sherman? Uh, it's great, and good to talk to you guys, too. Uh, enjoying uh, my work here so far. Been on board since uh, the middle of March, and, um, you know, tough to leave ESPN sure, uh, for sure. Had a great eight years there, but um, I am looking forward to football season and, and uh, working at the at the College World Series, as usual, here this week in Omaha. Indeed. Well, it's upon us. So let's start there with, with the here and now in the College World Series. Is it... I mean, is it still as big as ever? Does it continue to grow? I'm, um, you know, we sit here not too very many miles away, 120, whatever it is. And, um, boy, oh boy, it just seems to get bigger every year, Mitch. Yeah. I mean, ESPN has played a huge part. No in that, question. The, the, just the continued, the continued dedication that the network has had to, um, bringing people in to broadcast these games and having the baseball tonight set there again this year. Um, on the field at, at TD Ameritrade Park, um, also helped uh, helped bring a major league baseball game to Omaha last week. The Royals and the Tigers played on on Thursday with all of the college teams in attendance two days before the the college tournament started. So that was, I mean, that was just a really really cool thing to have a major league game in the state of Nebraska for the first time ever. Uh, Twenty six thousand people there for for that game and. And, um, you know, it, yeah, as you said, Ken, it, it, that's just one of the aspects that has made this event uh, continue to grow and, and find new ways to, to grow it every year. And this year we've got some some Big Ten flavor, which is <laughs> rare in the, in the College World Series. Indiana was here uh, six or seven years ago, and before that it had been about, it had been about 30 years. Uh, Michigan has made it, and uh, in some ways is the story of the tournament so far, going 2-0 and uh, beating Florida State last night. So the Wolverines are in control of bracket bracket one, one side of the bracket, off until Friday and need just one victory to make the championship series next week. It's a crazy story, a team that just barely got into the NCAA tournament. They were, yeah. for all intents and purposes, a bubble team. It's rare we yep. see runs quite like this in college baseball. And taking a big-picture view of it, we saw Nebraska there as a Big 12 member make it to the College World Series and the way they filled things up. But when you look at the Big 10 and, and how you've covered it, how important could this be? And, and the building, we've seen multiple teams, four or five teams. Indiana, what, six, seven years back with Schwarber, made it to the College World Series. Not a power of the SEC or ACC levels yet and the Big 12, but Big 10 baseball certainly feels like it's building in a big way. 
Yeah, it's improved a lot. Um, I, you know, I, I think when Nebraska joined the league in 2011, the Huskers had a, a pedigree of success in baseball and had been to the College World Series three times in the decade before that. And the Big Ten took that as a cue to up the the commitment to the sport. And, you know, Nebraska has been a, a player in the Big Ten, uh, was, was in the, the tournament championship this year, lost to Ohio State. Um, was one of five teams to make it to the regionals, but certainly has not stood out as a dominant program in the Big Ten since uh, you know over the past eight or nine years. Just a, just a, another another decent decent team out there, and that's a credit to what the Big Ten has done. There's been an upgrade in, in, uh, in facilities and resources uh, devoted to to baseball programs, and you've seen it with Indiana. Uh, they had Tracy Smith as coach, who's now at Arizona State. Uh, the team with with Kyle Schwarber, as you mentioned, and some other very good players that made it to Omaha. This Michigan team did c- come out of nowhere. Um, not not nowhere on the Big Ten level. The Wolverines led the led the conference race for for much of the year, um, but uh, was not expected to make this kind of a run going through the Oregon State Regional, and that was the defending national champ out there in Corvallis, and then going to UCLA. And knocking off the number one seed in this tournament to 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 get to Omaha, so very, very unexpected. But Michigan has a couple of pitchers who are second round picks, which stacks up well with mm-hmm. even the SEC teams here. And uh, they've used those guys to to uh, to roll through these first uh, these first two opponents. And that uh, you know that that kind of pitching can take you a long way. In, uh, in Omaha, in June. Well, let's talk football. Let's talk Big Ten West. Mitch Sherman from the Athletic is our guest. Mitch, the uh, seen a lot of college magazines make their way to these stands, online publications such as yours, the Athletic, uh, etc. Will be out with their forecasts here. Some have already out. They're taking a close look at a, a number of teams, and that's always a great read. But I, where I want to go with you, Mitch, are you surprised that at least consensus-wise, from what I've been able to gather so far, that Nebraska in year two of Scott Frost at this point is the consensus pick to win what seems to be an incredibly difficult Big Ten West. Are you surprised Nebraska is getting the love they are? Yeah, I mean, if it ends up being a situation where just about everybody's picking Nebraska, that's a surprise. I don't think that'll be the case by the end of the summer. I think when we get to Chicago next month and the, and the picks come out from you know the actual preseason media or coaches' picks, I think it's going to be going to be pretty split you know i think you'll see you'll see um love for iowa for wisconsin um for nebraska for sure and and then you know maybe not to win the division but northwestern minnesota purdue are all going to be the favorites of of some people too um not so surprising from preseason publications that nebraska is a trendy pick at this time of year, you know, coming out of the spring when those things are put together, you're, you're looking for a reason if it's a tight knit group to like one team. And there are trends with coaches in year two historically around college football. And then what Scott Frost did in year two at UCF, I think is also a factor in people liking Nebraska. You know, they see Adrian Martinez as a second year quarterback in this system. And you can look at what Mackenzie Milton did in that situation at UCF, the same offense and say, yeah, Nebraska's primed to make a big jump, but it has to be a significant jump, a huge, huge jump for Nebraska to go from 4-8 and eight in consecutive seasons to a team that wins the Big Ten West. I don't know. I don't necessarily view Nebraska as the favorite by any means, but um, 
definitely a team that that uh, that should be a contender and one that uh, should go into the month of November with an opportunity to, to to still get to Indianapolis. Goes without saying, a lot of work still needs to be done on the defensive side of the football. Former Hawkeye Eric Chenander running things over there. Him and Scott Fress became uh, close acquaintances as they were on the coaching staff in Northern Iowa, then out at Oregon. What do you see out of the defense and implementing changes on that side of the ball? Really, the defense is the more experienced side of the ball. You have Martinez uh, at quarterback, and you have a maturing offensive line that's probably a year away from being a really, really good unit. Uh, But Nebraska's replacing a lot at receiver and and at running back. Uh, On the defensive side, it's a different story. They're going to look like a much different group, especially up front on defense. They've added Nebraska's added Darian Daniels as a grad transfer from Oklahoma State, who, who came in, in in January and immediately became a big-time leader for, for not just that group, but on the entire team. His brother, Damian, um, is, is already here, and I think that helped ease his transition. Um, those guys are going to be a nose tackle. Nebraska has Carlos and Khalil Davis, twins from Kansas City, at the defensive end spot, along with Ben Stilley. Really about six guys deep that they can go with experience and depth and skill and talent. Um, on the defensive line. You know, I, I think people around the Big Ten will hear that and they may raise their eyebrows a bit and say, you know, I saw that Nebraska defense last year. You know, I'm going to have, if they're going to have to go out and prove it to me in Big Ten games, not against South Alabama on August 31st, that this is a defensive line that can hold up against Big Ten offenses. But I know that Nebraska coaches and the Nebraska players are confident that they're going to look completely different on defense, especially up front and also in the secondary where Nebraska has quite a bit back. So, um, I, I would say that it's, it's not a unit on defense that's expected outside of Nebraska to be, um, you know, among the best in the Big Ten. And at the end of the day, they may not statistically rank um, where, where you would see a great Big Ten defense just because of the nature of what this offense does and how much stress is put on the defense. But um, I've had a chance to talk to Chenander this summer. And, uh, you know, he's ha- he came out of the spring happy, and, and he's even more happy now that they've started to see what some of the young players can do or hear what some of those young players can do in reports from off-season training. Uh, it, it should be a different uh, a different group on defense for Nebraska and, and uh, you know, outside of Adrian Martinez, the strength of this team. Hmm. Mitch, uh, great to talk to you. Appreciate it. Uh, if we don't talk to you before then, we will see you in Chicago in about a month's time. Thank you, Mitch Sherman. Absolutely. Look forward to it. Yep. Good to talk to you. Mitch Sherman from The Athletic, covering the College World Series, and uh, now the, uh, well, the Scott Dockerman, if you will, mm-hmm. of our uh, friends to the West. Well, we've got a big game tonight, Trent. You're not, uh, not that I'm looking past your twins hosting the Red Sox, but it's White Sox, Cubs, uh-huh. it's Chicago. Hawk Harrelson will be there. No, he won't. He's going to pass on this one. <laughs> He'll never set foot in that ballpark again. Oh, uh, I got a n- kick out of that. I though. did too. And you know what? Uh, the White Sox fans ate it up. Yes, and they should. He was their guy, but they got a really good guy now, and Jason Benetti. That He's they do. Terrific. Really talented. Anyways, uh, Nova versus Hamels tonight. Giolito versus Lester tomorrow. Cappy will join the program. What do you expect tonight? It's going to be a fun game. I think the White Sox look. White Sox are their arrow is pointing up. If you're a White Sox fan, look look in the distance. See that tunnel? See what's coming through that tunnel? That's light. Yoan oh, Moncada, really yeah. good. Giolito, who we'll yes. see tomorrow, are really good. Mm-hmm. The building blocks are in place. We're seeing Jimenez. He's yeah. starting to swing the bat. Mm-hmm. You can see what they're trying to build. This is what mid and small market teams have to do. You have to go with the complete rebuild, and they have done it, I think, in the right way. This one, though. 
I mean, the Cubs are minus two fifty favorites. Are they really? Yeah. Yeah. Cole Hamill's been really good his last couple of starts. I mean, really good in his last two. So if you want to watch a good baseball game, watch flip the it Red over Sox Twins six sixty eight. That's where you're going to find a good game. This one, not you think so it gets much. out of hand, huh? I, I'm enjoying two teams on the West Coast though. Seeing the Royals and the Brewers last night, I did mm-hmm. a lot of flipping back. And did forth you there? Mostly on the uh, the Brewers Brew game. Crew, yeah. Two nothing. Padres jumped on top of them early and were able to hold on, but that's where I spent most of my time. But I like. From time to time. It can't be every week. I can't get into it every week, but when we get one of the locals out there. Adds and you get Brian Do- Anderson yes. on the play-by-play. Got the Dodgers-Cubs last weekend. That was good. Mm-hmm. It was good. I like late baseball. Well, you'll have it again tonight if that's yes. if you're so inclined, right? Anything else? College World Series no, do anything for not you? Really doesn't. Not till they get to the second week. Yeah, uh, and then even then, because uh, I just don't know the players, right? Just Makes them more the difficult. Players. Yeah. So no, it's it's MLB time. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's take my Phil Steele home. Get, get your magnifying glass. Get my out magnifying again. glass. Read a little bit more on that, and that's going to be about it. Yeah, it'll be baseball tonight for me. Dan Schulman called the Blue Jays last night. It was an awful game, but Dan Schulman's as good a baseball broadcaster as there is. He was on the Blue Jays broadcast last night. So that's what I did before the Twins. Maybe I'll do the same here tonight. David Kaplan joins the program tomorrow. So does Zubin Mahente. Coming up at 2 o'clock, uh, Murph and Andy will entertain you. The Fanatics at 4, and then tomorrow morning we'll start it all again. Morning Rush at 6. Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO.